Hey, it's David, and you're listening to the Tom Bass Classical Guitar Podcast. Happy New Year, and welcome to Season 2. Really excited to have Maestro Pepe Romero with us today. He was uh, one of my earliest inspirations for playing the classical guitar. I remember I was in fifth grade, and I went to see a solo concert of his. It was one of the first concerts I'd been to, and I was sitting in the front row of a beautiful chapel with my buddy at the time, and he opened with Ruboys de la Caleta. And I remember um, when he played the first scale, I, me and my buddy stared at each other just in an amazement uh, how that was even possible to play like that. And it was such a moving, passionate performance altogether. And it was, uh, it was one of those uh, big moments for me when I decided I really want to do this. So let's go ahead and uh, take a lesson to Pepe's transcription of Remoris de la Caleta by Isaac Albanis.
as a student here at USC, it, it really was one of the main reasons why I wanted to come here. And it's just been amazing learning from you. And I remember when I came into my first lesson, um, you know, I was terrified. I I'd never you met were, you. But I was not a scary guy. You're not a. When I walked in, I I just knew you. You're such a a warm, friendly person. And what has just been so eye opening to me is, I mean, yes, you can give fingerings and stuff, but you dive so much deeper in your teaching and your approach to the guitar. You're not about this is how you do this little fingering and that. There's something you can just read a player's mind and. And you're able to grasp what they need to know to be able to pull the piece off. And you're able to bring their performance of whatever they just played in the masterclass to a whole nother level in just a short period of time. It's really amazing. Thank you. I think what it is is that I love playing. I love music. I've, my life, I have given so much of it to music. And... I love the, the I love the guitar. I want the guitar to continue growing and to have many wonderful players all over the world. And when I'm sitting in front of a young person, my main focus is to see what is in the way that keeps their true self, the the real musician inside of them, from being able to express him or herself through the guitar. And usually I can read very well energies and so I can see what is blocking and say something to the student that will help to remove that block. Mm. And one of my favorite quotes of yours is, to play the guitar, how'd you word it? To play the guitar badly is hard. To play it well is easy. Yeah, and it is true. It is. And it is true. And is, uh, for example, today one of the one of the young players were was going to play a rather difficult piece. And I was telling him that the way to be able to, the way to think about when you walk to the stage, onto the stage, and you're going to perform a, a hard piece, a difficult piece, is you have to think that it's easy. Because it is easy. Once you know how to do it, it's easy. So it goes from being impossible before you can do it to being really easy when you can. Yeah. And that transition is what is going to help you. And every piece has a balance of the difficulty versus the beauty and the reward it gives you to, to play it. And when you are playing something that is difficult, there's no question, for example, that uh, Concierto de Aranjuez is a it's not an easy piece. It's a difficult piece. But it is so beautiful that once you can play it, if you dwell on the beauty and the pleasure it's giving you, the difficulties are overcome without 
you notice it in them. The player doesn't notice that he's doing something and it's difficult. So it's all a matter of how you perceive playing. Yeah. It's amazing what the beauty of music can do. And it's the, one of the most powerful thing in life. Yeah. Because um, I think that music, perhaps better than any other thing, in, it recreates creation. It is a mirror of creation. Everything is in music. When I, when my father, my father and I, he was my only teacher. And uh, my only guitar teacher. And uh, he was a magnificent guitarist. He was an elegant player, a extraordinary musician. And we had such a close relationship, not only with guitar, but the, throughout many, many years, even to the end of his life, we would listen to either an opera or a symphony or a string quartet after lunch. The Spaniards, hmm. you know it because you were in Granada. I'm very familiar with that time and of day. <laughs> you are familiar with that time of a day where everybody goes to sleep or to rest yeah, or to have quiet time or whatever. But it is a time to contemplate, to meditate, to sleep, to relax, to gather the energy for the, for the evening. And in that time, my father and I, we would listen, and with my brothers also, we would listen to either a full opera or a symphony in the last year of his life. It was always the symphony number ninth of Beethoven mm. that he wanted to hear. And we listened to many different versions and um, talk about it afterwards and study it. So we had this amazing relationship and the, the last night, the last, actually in the last hour of his life, he told me, when you were born, I received you with, I played the guitar for you. And when I go tonight, I want you to play for me. And he told me what he wanted me to play. And I did. Just an hour later, I was playing for him. He told me that he wanted his soul to go to heaven with the sound, with the um, sound waves of the guitar mm. to carry it up, and that really is how I feel about music. Another one of my great, great, great friends, 
was Joaquin Rodrigo, who believed that after we die, we become music. Hmm. That was his theory. I've never thought of it like that. That's how, that's how he felt. That's amazing. So, so music is amazing. It is. And that love and that passion is what guides me to do my absolute best to help the, the young players and the students. And that gives me the passion to teach. You are, out of all, and I've seen a lot of guitar concerts, out of all the players I've seen, you are one of the most passionate musicians out there. And it's just so beautiful to see that. And it amazes me. I mean, you've been playing guitar for a lot of years, and mm -hmm. it still feels like it's just as exciting as maybe when it, you were just launching your career. It is as exciting, as challenging, as enchanting. It is completely, for me, it's magic. It's like going into a magic kingdom. It turns me back into a child. Because in, when we enter the world, the universe of music, we are all children in a, in a mysterious, wonderful space. And I still, feel this, I still feel that, not only when I perform, but when I pick up the guitar in the morning, when I sit down to listen to a recording, when I go to a live concert, my own or somebody else's. And uh, it's been, I am 74. I gave my first performance when I was seven. Hmm. The quartet, my family and I, next year we are celebrating our 60th 60. year. 60th wow. year since we um, formed the guitar quartet with... Uh, my father, Celine, and Angel. Wow. And we continue with my two nephews and Celine and I. So it's been a long time. And uh, rather than getting tired or bored or used to it, I'm still looking forward to every, every moment. And this legacy of the Romero family is just amazing with, with your father and, of course, you, Angel, Celine, and everybody. And now seeing um, your son, Pepe Jr., building beautiful instruments. Amazing instruments. And you concertize on them and record exclusively, if I'm correct. Or, mm, or maybe I shouldn't say the no, word exclusively. But. No, no, not exclusively. The only exclusivity that I have as a guitar player with a guitar is that I will exclusively play the guitar I am totally in love with at the moment. Mm. I have quite a few guitars by many, many great makers. And I sometimes play on other instruments that are not my son, but whenever I am playing an instrument is because that instrument is what calls me to to play, to to be with that. It speaks to you with that guitar, and my son's guitar. They speak to me. They are 
they have in them everything that I wish to, to bring out. But now, talking about the family legacy, I have another incredible guitar maker in the family. And that's my grandson, Bernardo. Oh, wow. And you didn't know that. No. Is he, is he Pepe's no, son? No, he's the son of my daughter, Christina. Okay. And, um, but he's, Pepe is his teacher. Wow. But he is, you will, you will be amazed by his instruments. You think I'll see them pretty soon on GSI and all around? Yeah. <laughs> or they, maybe they already are there. Um, I don't know if they are, or but I know that he's he's either made one or he's making one for GSI. Okay. But his instruments are out. and uh, Yeah. Oh, that's got to be exciting. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming kind of very traditional Spanish style of building. Is it... Is it kind of a whole new um, character compared to uh, Pepe's guitars? They are quite different in character. Um, if I was going to look into the guitars of the past, Pepe's tend to remind me a little bit of a cross between a Santos Hernández and a Miguel Rodriguez, where Bernardo is a cross between Domingo Esteso and my son, Pepe. Hmm. And if I'm correct, Pepe, your son, he studied with Rodriguez. Yeah, my son studied. The first person he studied with was uh, Dave Trapegan. Mm -hmm. In, in Washington State, in Bellingham. And from there, he went to Spain to study with Rodriguez and Romanillos, with Pablo Contreras, and then finally uh, with uh, Edmund Blochinger, fantastic uh, luthier from Germany. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing experience it must have been for, for him and for I everybody. You, I tell you what is an amazing experience is for me. Yeah. To go and sit and practice and watch him make guitars. And now I have him on one side of the workshop and I look to the other side and Bernardo is making guitars. Oh, wow. They work in the same space, but mm. to completely independent yeah. from each other. So... All my life I have loved, one of my great passions have been to, to visit guitar makers. And Miguel Rodriguez, Antonio Marin, Manolo Contreras, Herman Hauser II. I've had many wonderful, wonderful friends. Um, I, I can go on and on. Yeah. Rack, Brunet, uh, Trapegan, uh, many, many, many. Julius Guido when he was alive here and, and so on. So I've always had a, a great love to see the transformation of the wood 
into guitars. For me, it was always like a magic trick. How these pieces of wood from trees from all over the world, trees that gave, that was, were alive, they held nests of birds, they gave fruit, they gave flowers, they gave oxygen, and then they come to their end. And when their end is there, it's not the end, it's the beginning, it's a metamorphosis, and a guitar is those trees coming alive, producing the very nature of, of it all, sound waves. It's so, I guess, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's humbling to think when you pick up your instrument that this used to be a part of a tree or multiple trees. Multiple trees with all working the in woods. harmonies. Yeah. Think of the symbolism in that. Yeah. If people could do the same thing, if we could be like a guitar, where people from all over the world could come together and work in harmony to create beauty and well-being. And that's what the guitar does. Yeah. You have a piece of wood from Africa, another one maybe from Canada or from northern Czechoslovakia. And you have from all over the place, from southern Spain, and they all put together through the, the love and the, the inspiration of the guitar maker into one thing. When you pick up a guitar, you have a piece of magic in your hands. It's amazing how it all comes together. I, music is... So how can I get bored of that? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's just... If any of our listeners are non-players and they're just interested in music, there's just something that's impossible to articulate in words. Yes. With the resonance of the guitar in particular, it's such a intimate instrument compared to many others. It's one of the few where you're really holding, you're you're embracing it the whole time you play. Yeah, because it it creates really is a, a magic circle because you, by plucking it, you make it vibrate. But because you're embracing it, when she vibrates, it makes you, the vibration of the guitar go into your body and you vibrate also. So it's a, it's a total completion of, of, uh, of a circle. And I know when... Uh you warm up a lot. You, you love the Giuliani 120 right hand arpeggios, I I and I love them now after studying with you. And and I've heard you talk about when you're doing these, when you're warming up, it's not really for speed. It's no. to become acquainted again with your friend to it's, feel yeah, it's the to sound. Become, it's to become one with the guitar. It's so that the guitar and you, the guitar feels like it's a part of your body. It's two beings united into one to create beautiful music. And 
the the purpose for me, and the the older I get and the more I teach, the more that I realize that most problems that the guitarist face technically is due to a lack of connection between the instrument and the player and some kind of blockage, some kind of um, not being completely in tune and going to each other, the position, holding the guitar in the most natural position for your body, where both hands have equal access to the strings. And, and the more that you can use your warm-up uh, studies, scales, chromatics, for uh, Giuliani arpeggios, the more that you can use them to, to control the sound and to experience the sensation of playing and the sense how the guitar makes your fingers feel. The more that you can feel that and the closer you get to a perfect union with the instrument, the less problems a, a player has. They just seem to fall away. And it makes playing the guitar, well, easy. Very easy. <laughs> Thank you, Pepe, for being on the show. Please join me in two weeks for a conversation with the flamenco guitarist Adam Del Monte. I'll leave things today with a recording from Los Romero's guitar quartet. This is a really fun transcription of Manuel de Falla's Miller's Dance from the Three-Cornered Hat. I'm David Steinhardt, and we'll see you next time for the Tone Bass Classical Guitar Podcast.